doing business in india is going to become pretty easy and very convenient so why not become a part of this journey so i think that played a huge role the timing of it the very fact that india was changing the landscape was changing welcome to the startup operator podcast i'm roshan karyappa it's hard enough running one business now imagine running three that's what bizongo is they offer products services and they have a marketplace for smbs on this episode i spoke to aniket deb who is the co-founder and ceo of bizongo about how his team manages these three seemingly different businesses so well and how they're revolutionizing the packaging industry with technology this was a fascinating conversation with a young entrepreneur who's causing a real impact i'm sure you'll find it valuable so do stick around yeah niket welcome to the startup operator podcast thank you so much for making the time yeah thanks roshan it's a pleasure to be here today i think brilliant to be interacting with you and I hope i can share some useful stories today wonderful so you know bizongo is a very interesting business right as you know we were discussing you run a lot of nuances and complexities associated with the business and you've done a fabulous job over the last 6 years would love to talk about you know the founding journey itself you know some founders uh, basically solve a problem that they have personally experienced you know some others find exciting problems outside of their domain to solve in your case i think it's a mix of both you are a chemical engineer and you also wanted to start a b2b marketplace right to help people procure the right kind of materials and so on right. so what drove you to start bizongo actually uh, to be very uh, honest with you roshan uh, in the early days right i think we had our mantra pretty clear and simple that it has to be team first then problem later mm. so we formed the founding team first so it was in the very initial days it was me and sachin and then ankit came along later as well and me and sachin know each other for very long period of time over 11 12 years and you know we've been together in college so the reason for us starting up was pretty simple we thought that hey the b2c e-commerce domain uh, is really getting crowded with flipkart and amazon doing a stellar job there is really uh, the click of a button you can have a product at your doorstep but are there enough problems getting solved enough quality problems getting solved on the b2b side mm. and you know that's when we came across or encountered platforms such as trade india india mart which were more lead generation platforms than really an interactive engaging sort of a transactional platform right so that is when you know we had that thought that hey why can't we start off as uh, probably india's alibaba because mm. there is a huge uh, lacuna out there uh, in terms of having a really large b2b centric uh, player in india so that's where i think uh, the passion really came from roshan but to be very honest with you uh, it was team first then idea later and even within the idea we identified the b2b ecosystem to be really having a huge gap right so was uh, bizongo your first idea or uh, i mean you had you know other ideas that you kind of overruled yeah there were other ideas we overruled and uh, you know thanks for asking that because we uh, seldom get such questions now because it's been a long time since we started up mm-hmm. but yeah i mean you know in terms of our initial ideas we uh, did gather uh, at our neighborhood starbucks and talked about several uh, more tech centric ideas i would say so i think you know that's where our domain came in play because both me and sachin are chemical engineers from iit bombay and we then understood that hey if we are starting off a very deep tech sort of a business which is uh, you know so initially we had decided to start a pause device which would make the number of bills uh, in the system very redundant and give customer centric insights but then we realized that it is much more of a deep tech problem 
and you are better suited to probably go in a direction where you know there are operational problems to be solved and mm-hmm. that's where our domain came into play right so whether other principles that you applied and zeroing on on an idea that you want to spend the next 10 20 years of your life trying to solve i mean like did you have things like okay you know domain is one of those things tech enabled is another right uh, did you think for example that the market had to be sufficiently large or had to start in india and be relevant abroad something of that sort i mean did you have any of these principles yeah absolutely roshan see at the very starting of the onset of our journey back in 20 late 2014 i think if you remember in by the mid 2014 a prime minister modi had come in power the bjp had come in power and you know we had rhetorics like make in india slash made in india you know gst uh, these sort of uh, words were being coined and used pretty uh, frequently in public hmm. so we were very enamored with that and we thought that hey doing business in india is going to become pretty easy and very convenient so why not become a part of this journey so i think that played a huge role the timing of it the very fact that india was changing the landscape was changing and the other fact was that you know we knew that half of india's gdp which is close to 3 trillion dollars now is actually comprised of b2b trade and that in itself is highly disorganized exactly so there has to be at least someone trying to organize that or playing a real hefty part in that uh, since it's the number is huge so you're absolutely right you know we thought that Uh, let's be a part of an ecosystem which is really large and can be solved using a tech enabled mindset rather and that's why uh, we started our journey here right and then you know building conviction in an idea is not an overnight process obviously it, it you know builds up slowly but can you recount you know one or two moments in your journey over the last 6 years when you realized that okay you know what we have something now it's time for us to double down and really go all guns a blaze Yeah yeah that's an excellent question Roshan so you know what i understood at the very onset was that you know it was me Sachin Ankit and a few of our initial joiners we essentially went on the ground talked to several small medium enterprises in Mumbai's Crawford market in Santa Cruz in Malad several smaller markets out there in the city of Bombay because that's where we were based out of and we are still based out of and there you know we got an insight uh, you know we used to ask a lot of questions that hey you are using the alibaba app today or you are using the india mart app today is it helping you are you getting genuine business genuine leads and the response was very lukewarm so you know when we told them that you are actually going to be onboarded on a website or our platform which is going to give you genuine sales and those sales are going to be executed through an operational machinery they were super happy Mm-hmm. and uh, this range from really small mro oriented suppliers or manufacturers to packaging manufacturers to probably apparel manufacturers or fabric manufacturers and the horizon it was horizontally well spread across and that is why roshan even today you'll see that uh, you have platforms like moglix in the mro space your platforms like zetwork in the manufacturing space what really changing the paradigm of b2b e-commerce in india and i'm super lucky and feel super proud that bizonge is also part of the same ecosystem right i think the enabling infrastructure that you're building is like the second evolution i would say from the marketplaces right so you're absolutely right i mean we had the india marts of the world but i think we are seeing the 2.0 or perhaps the 3.0 of that journey right and uh, we'll get to the packaging nuances and you know some of the supply chain complexities but 
you know, you, you also had to pivot, right? I mean, you pivoted from polymers to packaging and that was not an easy decision for you. If I understand correctly, you lost a significant percentage of your revenue when you decided to do that, right? So yeah. what were the circumstances leading to it? And how did you decide that, you know what, let's stop this and, you know, go in this other direction? Yeah. So that's a, again, a wonderful question, Roshan. So see, uh, at the, the onset of the packaging business, we sort of went back to the drawing board understood how the polymer and chemical ecosystem where we were actually presenting, how it was working, and then uh, think about how to delve into the packaging ecosystem better. Now, the reason for the transition was that uh, when we looked at the chemicals and polymer segments, we noticed that the real value add we could provide Mm -hmm. was not in supply chain, but financing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really a rat race that we would be running. Because, you know, we would be probably getting more and more financing lines onboarded, giving loans or underwriting loans for SMEs and uh, essentially running a very uh, sort of a financing business at the end of the day. So that uh, we thought would be a rat race to run into and not a very differentiated or unique business model. And that is when we pivoted to a a packaging centric uh, play early on. Right. And, you know, that has paid off handsomely after that for you, you know, packaging is again, one of those things that is so ubiquitous that we almost think that, you know, it's so simple, right? Uh, But there's a heck of a lot of complexity under the hood. And can you give us a peek into what it takes to make sure that these products are, you know, packaged beautifully and two clicks we order and this beautifully packaged product arrives at our doorstep, you know, what happens at the background? Yeah. So in, in terms of what happens at the background really is very a very well-designed supply chain, which our clients essentially need, uh, be it in FMCG, consumer durables, e-commerce, uh, pharma, healthcare. In all of the industries that we operate, uh, Roshan, uh, we've typically seen uh, the customers say that I need my packaging on time, hmm. right? And on time in full, which we call OTEF or on time in full uh, as an acronym. So what we do, essentially, we've devised our uh, proprietary uh, auto replenishment algorithm Uh, wherein uh, Roshan, we take in the inventory data from the customer's end, specifically of their unbranded products. And when that falls below a particular threshold, an order is triggered automatically rather than customer placing an order. So it's a consumption-led automated replenishment, uh, which helps the customer tremendously. And uh, there we have seen umpteen number of benefits that the platform can provide. This episode is brought to you by Mulia. You want to move fast? Sure. But without breaking things? Now that's a hard ask. The thing is, once you have some base of users and customers, you just cannot afford to risk uh, quality. So how do the likes of Cred, Swiggy and CureFit, you know, some of India's fastest growing startups, ship at lightning pace and delight their users and customers? Simple, they're working with Mulia as a strategic quality partner. Mulia is India's most talented and passionate community of testers. They've helped prevent thousands of bugs and regression issues. So as a CTO or a product owner, if you want to reduce tech debt, especially while you scale, do check out Mulia.com. I've interviewed uh, Mulia's founder and CEO Pradeep on the podcast earlier, and we spoke about how startups can improve quality while scaling and things to that effect. You should definitely check it out. I'll link to it in the description below. Now back to your regular programming. So managing the supply chain is not a trivial thing, right? I mean, obviously you have to manage inventory and demand and, you know, have to bring everything together. 
right? And technology is just one part of it, but then having the the market know-how and having the domain expertise and so on is a whole other challenge, right? How have you built that to serve all of these different customers across these different industries? So from a domain expertise point of view, Dili, uh, Roshan, uh, you know, um, what we did again uh, in the initial days itself, we started off our own design and development lab. We tried to build a lot of design expertise in-house by providing the right sort of product, well-designed in terms of functionality, as well as in terms of aesthetics to our clients and they being happy with it at the end of the day. And also a lot of development work in terms of material change, form change, right? shape change, which uh, is extremely intricate and important as well uh, to our customers. So that we saw the domain expertise uh, play really well and the customer thinking of it as an extra value addition. Right. So, you know, you speak of something called a, of a connected platform, right? And I think all of, uh, all of us kind of recognize the term anecdotally, but I'm sure, you know, there is a lot of uh, technological connotations uh, that are behind it, right? So what are some nuances of building this platform, uh, you know, from design to procurement? What are some of the nuts and bolts of this platform? So in terms of building a connected platform, Roshan, really, uh, you know, the intricacy involved is that you need to think about the customer life cycle completely end to end, right? Uh, so in our case, when we thought about the customer life cycle, we realized that there are three core value propositions that we can provide to the customer. One is along digital vendor management, because as of today, whenever you think about unbranded goods, so actually just to inform you, Roshan, we have uh, moved from packaging to textiles and apparels as well. Mm-hmm. And in the textiles and apparel space, we are actually getting around 50% of our current revenues. Wow. So in the unbranded space where we right now operate, digital vendor management is a very difficult thing to achieve uh, because there are small vendors, uh, you know, their timeliness is generally poor. The OTIF levels are poor. So managing these vendors on a single platform becomes crucial. So I would say digital vendor management is something that the platform does very seamlessly because we are able to onboard these small and medium manufacturers. Mm. The platform does supply chain automation very seamlessly on the lines of the automated replenishment that I was just mentioning some time back. And the platform also is designed in an apt fashion to do supply chain financing. So, you know, in an unbranded uh, goods territory as well, uh, financing is a very healthy tool because that saves companies cash flow, mm. and they're able to uh, make sure that the suppliers are paid early the suppliers give them prioritized service, but they themselves can pay late. So these are the three solutions that we offer and we're seeing a very healthy uh, adoption of all of them. Right. So, you know, just before we began, we were talking about how you're actually running three different businesses in one, right? You're doing the platform, the products, multiple products, in fact, and then services to support it. Can you describe your business, uh, you know, as a whole, what is Bizongo about? Sure. So as a whole, Bizongo is essentially a B2B platform or India's largest B2B platform for unbranded goods. So what the commonality between the products that we choose, Roshan, uh, be it textiles, apparel, lifestyle, fashion, be it packaging, be it agri products and commodities that we've also started doing at a very uh, nascent level is that they're all unbranded products. And the supply chain is uh, that of made to order customized sort of a supply chain. And for them, the problem statement is that uh, the supply chain intricacies look the same. And that is why the platform uh, tendency of doing digital vendor management, financing and uh, supply chain automation remains the same. Mm-hmm. So that's why we call ourselves India's largest platform for unbranded goods. 
right how easy or difficult is it to manage and bring all of these different elements together because to me i mean it sounds like a super complex uh, problem right and so how have you structured your teams what are the metrics that they are kind of uh, chasing in order for you know to enable all of the platform products and services to come together symbiotically uh, excellent i think roshan i'll be able to answer that because you know we spent every day looking at different metrics that the teams look at and then you know conjoint fashion they build the final growth metrics of the org overall i think you know we have a sales and business team which is getting uh, customers onboarded and getting revenue for the company and their north star metric is definitely looking at the average revenue per user or per customer and above, well and above that we also have the customer success team which is uh, involved in making sure that uh, the events or the engagement or the activities that the customer is registering on the procure live platform which is our flagship uh, product uh, is high so there is a entrenchment or an engagement with the platform that is what the customer success team does apart from that we also have a finance team which is involved day and night in making sure that our finance operations are well and also our supply chain financing lines are set up for usage by our customers and our suppliers and last but not the least we also have a technology and product team who are building the procure life platform the partner hub platform and bringing everything to fruition and the north star metric for them is definitely you know building products and making sure uh, they are being uh, adopted by our consumers right so you work with a lot of small businesses right and these folks are of course different uh, in their own way what have you learned from you know working with these small businesses what have they taught you about business they are the people who have taught us the maximum for sure you know the reason being see uh, what i've realized is smes in india are hungry for more business and hungry for more business in a way where they get it they get a guarantee that they'll get business tomorrow day after tomorrow as well uh, so in our case whenever we have worked with smes on the supply side specifically we've gone ahead and done on made partnerships happen with them uh, where we've told them that hey i have a lot of business in my kitty i'm going to guarantee x amount of volume to you for the next few months or for the next few quarters because that is where the sme really struggles he or she is not able to maintain a steady throughput of business for a sustainable period of time which is causing their capacity utilization to drop that is where bizongo comes in uh, through uh, these different varied partnerships right you know you you recently raised a series c funding and you raised debt also right and uh, it's quite interesting i thought how do you balance you know this hyper growth the aspiration for hyper growth you want to become the alibaba of india right and uh, uh, also you know a focus on profitability and so on which is also something that is important to you yeah so see, i'll be very honest with you and i think uh, you know uh, this is the first time i'm talking to anyone outside the company on this uh, specific subject but uh, to be very honest with you roshan we are very close to profitability hmm. uh, right uh, that is uh, a disclaimer that i wanted to put out and the reason behind that is that uh, you know uh, we look at growth but we look at sustainable growth so till date i don't remember doing a single transaction within bizongo where the cm2 or the contribution margin that we generate from that transaction is negative we have never done that uh, we have always looked at positive uh, cm2 customers uh, the lifetime value that we have for our customers or the ltv is extremely high Uh, the cac is very very low we don't need to spend a money in marketing uh, or you know we don't need to spend a lot of money in acquiring customers generally a feet on street model and once the customer is you know within the bizongo ecosystem it's a complete land and expand sort of a model 
where we are able to get 100 rupees of revenue from them and then 100 rupees become 100000 rupees very soon so that is why you know the cac is low the ltv is high the cm2 is obviously very positive and that is the reason why we are being able to attain prof- profitability by the close of this year yeah no that totally makes sense right i think because you you're offering a full stack solution to these folks right i mean you're solving a wide variety of problems for them and i'm sure your ltv must be like super high comparatively right so over the last 6 years you would have seen different challenges and opportunities and you would have you know run through the journey in a particular way right at this point of time you know as a founder what are some high level challenges that you are solving for as a founder at this scale or at this juncture generally roshan what happens is uh, uh, then generally team alignment is a very difficult thing to drive right what i've seen is that you know as a number of uh, people in the org uh, goes up by a notch then you know making everyone follow a particular track and going in a particular direction to make sure that growth is attained is a very arduous task so i think that is where i think we have hired a really good top leadership as well within the company we have really robust uh, vps who have uh, you know uh, who form the next layer after the founders and they are able to drive things really well within the company as well right and you know for founders who are listening to this podcast right what is it that changes when you think you hit scale like for example let's say 10 million plus or something of that sort what is it that breaks and what is it that changes what are things that you have to be prepared for to solve yeah i feel roshan that uh, you know seldom you will find uh, cases where the team is ready to take up ownership on his or her own and uh, you know typically things break because the latent need of taking ownership is not there in the mid layer or the you know the lowest common denominator within the company but uh, you know the founder is uh, driving uh, something else and the company is on another different track altogether mm-hmm. that is where the things break and uh, you know constant communication very transparent communication strong leadership getting more senior people also involved steadily building more uh, accountable sets of hierarchies within the company i think these are things that need to be the people side needs to be looked at in a totally different lens right yeah i think as the ecosystem has matured i think we are we're running businesses with a lot of metrics playbooks and you know milestones and benchmarks and all of those things i think which is amazing because all of us have a north star to aspire to and move towards i think there's some precedence but culture becomes super important as well right yeah. i mean how you drive uh, last mile execution totally depends on culture as you scale right so okay with that in mind you know what are some of the things upcoming at bizongo you know i hear that you are uh, going to expand to southeast asia as well are there any other product lines that you will be coming out with and uh, if so what are they yeah absolutely so roshan uh, from our perspective see uh, you know we also have a saas product called uh, artwork flow wherein you know it, there is an artwork collaboration and artwork management that happens on the software is developed completely in house and does a super job we have close to 25 paying customers uh, for that for the same already and we also have british as well as american customers for our uh, saas product al- already uh, because we just started it around 5 to 6 months back and you know on the uh, expansion front i think uh, we released a press release just yesterday you know it talks about mr manish chokshi who is the current uh, vice chairman of asian paints having joined bizongo's advisory board and he is going to work hand in hand with three of us as founders on bizongo's expansion and gtm strategy for southeast asia as well as middle east 
So lot of uh, you know action happening, a lot uh, on our plates. So we hope we can do justice to it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a very inspiring journey, and uh, you know, to round things off, we're operating in exceptional times, right? Of course, COVID changed plenty of things for all of us, personally and professionally. What are some things that you have learned from this experience, personally and professionally? Uh, from COVID, uh, Roshan, I think uh, you know it's been it's been heartbreaking to say the least to see the sufferings that our employees, we call them cultivators. who uh, uh, you know they have suffered because of the loss of a very close relative loss of a loved one a parent a sibling you know it's been heartbreaking to watch that but having said that we've taken a number of steps to make sure that bizongo goes out and uh, you know serves people in the time of need and people which we call our own so we have a fund uh, which has been seeded by the founders which is available for uh, you know usage in any case when an employee falls sick we organize vaccination drives across all cities we have oxygen concentrators for our uh, employees we have rejuvenation leaves that we have given two days a month for employees to feel more relaxed about and a number of other initiatives that we have taken so i think this has been a learning that the learning has been very interesting because roshan i feel that personal life and professional life can't be decoupled that easily during yeah. covid True. that's my biggest learning you have to treat all of your employees as your close brothers and sisters and you know make sure that they receive adequate comfort adequate care at a time when the entire world is struggling absolutely yeah so that's a great note to end the podcast on aniket thank you so much for making the time again this was a fascinating conversation i really enjoyed it thank you absolutely my pleasure roshan and thank you for taking the time to talk to me as well i think it was a really pleasurable conversation Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, then don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite platform and share this episode with all of your fellow startup operators. Also follow the startup operator on LinkedIn and Twitter for more updates. Stay safe, take care and see you soon on a brand new episode of the Startup Operator.